The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, the time was coming and the time is here once again welcome to the second print comics podcast today we are jumping into not just the multiverse in the DC Comics world itself, but really one of the prime events that has been able to transcend comics as it's hit animation and will soon be hitting a cinema near you. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking today about Flashpoint, one of the most, dare I say, game-changing single-story arcs, crossover events, big moments in recent comic history that you have to know if you want to know anything. And as we go further into this, I'd be I'd be committing a crime if I didn't go ahead and bring in himself, the mighty, miraculous Mr. Mark Clare. Mark, another week has gone by. We're back together to jump into Flashpoint. How is life Life is good. I, I would agree with you. It would be a crime if you did the whole show without ever without ever bringing me in. You just did the whole review for ninety minutes, and I'm just waiting there, waiting to be introduced. That would be that would be. That's you son might of even a call bitch. It. I, I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use a term that I learned today when preparing for next week's episode. I think I can spoil it because I think I went through the whole December lineup last week. But uh, I'm doing. We are doing Infinity Gauntlet next episode, and uh, the one uh, the one phrase I took from it recently that uh, was uh, that just struck me as hilarious was the phrase "cosmic crime." That was the phrase that we used. So I would say this would be a cosmic crime if you did a whole episode without me. It'd just be done, right. done, done. But no Basically. cosmic crime has been committed, luckily. Uh, no, this is uh, this is one of these comics that, as I as I look back at it, Mark, um, this is really when I w- became like a ride or die DC fan because just like Ultimate. Marvel, the ultimate comics were what brought me really into understanding the tried and true lore of the Marvel universe for a new generation. Um, Flashpoint is what brought me in 
really at the point where I was just really deciding that I'm going to really double down on my DC Comics collecting. And it just so happened that this event led into the New 52, which, like Ultimate Marvel um, a decade prior, was supposed to go ahead and bring in a whole new generation of comic readers into the DC universe, as well as bring back lapsed readers as they were basically resetting their entire continuity from stage one. And Flashpoint is the comic that did it. Uh, you know, to to do this comic justice, it's um, it, it's just one of those things where it's both a in you know I don't want to spoil too much for the reviews at the end, but this is both a great single story it has both great really good spin-offs and its lasting effects are still touching the dc universe today when was the first time you picked this up so when i got back into comics after my uh, little hiatus which i've discussed in many many an episode of this program uh at first when i got back into things i jumped back into savage dragon i read like a hundred you know savage dragon back issues and i started reading image stuff i also i think the marvel unlimited app came out around then so i got that because it was just like wow i can access the whole marvel library so uh i i, I got back into some image stuff i ended up jumping over reading all of the walking dead uh reading all of invincible and uh, going through a lot of the marvel catalog but i hadn't really gotten that much back into dc other than reading a few of the older stories i i had read as a kid like i reread death of superman at that time i reread uh batman nightfall which we also looked at on the show uh but it was only a couple years later actually it was uh, around the time of DC Rebirth, because I, I kind of had heard of DC Rebirth, and I, I knew there was something going on, but I didn't know too much about it. And I had, I had also, I wanted to learn more about what was going on with DC, so I looked in my iTunes, I typed DC Comics, and I found our good friends at the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. And I just enjoyed that show so much, and listening them talk talk about all these books uh, really got me more interested in, in DC. And and when I picked up Rebirth, like Rebirth just swept me away, like that 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 book gave me chills. And uh, Speaking of which, I think uh, one of our great patrons, Kyle, just got that hardcover book from you, thanks to our, our amazing Patreon program. Heck yeah, I went ahead and sent out a hardcover copy of the deluxe edition of DC Rebirth, uh, the canon, you know, setting, uh, you know, single issue that has a whole bunch of extra material in there, extra notes, extra drafts, commentary from uh, Jeff Johns and the others there. You can go ahead and make sure that you can get a mystery graphic novel, a hardcover mystery graphic novel sent to you every three months by signing up at the $25 epic crossover level or higher. And so far, we've been giving out some great stuff. I think the very first one we sent out was um, uh, Deceased, you know, the zombified DC universe. Uh, you sent out a German killer be killed. Um, <laughs> followed, up, followed up by an English version after, after the mistake was discovered. But these are, the, these are the games we play here. If you join the Patreon, there is a chance you might get a foreign edition of a book. And then as a bonus, you'll also get the English edition. Because I that, will nev- that will never <laughs> stop being funny. No, it won't. It really won't. But but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I I was I was so happy. I I love getting to do this, especially right now. It's like I get to be someone's personal Santa. I know I took care of one of our patrons and then you went by your store recently and you went ahead and grabbed something awesome that somebody I'm going to keep that one on the wraps because he may or may not have it by the time this airs on the Patreon. So we're going to want to be a surprise. Which makes it so much even better. So if you want to learn, hey, just know if you want to know what other people are doing and you want to join the fun, $5 a month gets you in the secret Second Brick Comics fan zone. You get early episodes. You get Remso rants. You get to listen to Mark get drunk and read Savage Dragon. We're giving you a lot of stuff, folks. 
Indeed, indeed. That's what we call a natural plug, Remzo. That just came about completely naturally. Just, it just ebbed right in there. Didn't See, folks, you got, you got, you got to be with us. You got to live with us at the moment. Live with, us, live with us at this moment. You'll get the plugs when they naturally arise. But uh, anyway, circling back, I read, I get read Rebirth, and then of course I had to do a deep dive. Like, how the hell do we get here? Uh, so I, I did go back and read a lot of stuff in the New Fifty Two. Uh, I got really deep. I, I pretty much read all of Scott Snyder's Batman run, which I, I more or less loved. And uh, but then of course had to read Flashpoint. I had to see what was going on with Flashpoint. Um, I, I'd heard so much about this event, this event that that created the New Fifty Two in the first place. Uh, I was a fan of, of a lot of what I've read from Jeff Johns. So I said, all right, I got to go check this out. So I read the story. I thought it was awesome. Um, um, you know, whatever came after that might be an entirely different conversation, but uh, I, I really did enjoy it. I've read it a couple times and then read, read it again for this book. So I, I'm pretty damn familiar with this one as far as things that I got, you know, back into once I uh, once I came out of my comic book coma, you might say. Definitely. We've all had a dark period. Believe it or not, I went through probably a two year dark period. Uh, wow. My my senior fans have their dark days. It was because I was poor and I was more interested in the women at the time. It was well, my uh, it was my was senior my year excuse. of college. That just lasted like a decade. <laughs> a I got into it fast. <laughs> I, I you know when when it, when it comes to women and comic books, there's got to be a balance. They both have to coexist. But That's I true. actually kind of dipped out a little bit after Rebirth, and I wouldn't really come back until mid to late 2018, and then where we are now. But uh, folks, I just want to give you some context. I I gave myself a bit of a challenge this episode. It might be a little bit different. I have all five issues of Flashpoint, and I read them several months ago when we were getting ready to plan ahead for episodes. The thing is, though, for certain series, I segregate them from other parts of my collection because this is stuff that I really want to make sure is safe. And for Flashpoint to have those single issues, to have a complete run of that, you know, very mint. uh, I I take a lot of pride in that. The problem is, though, I also moved a lot of shit around. And the last couple days trying to get ready for this, I could not find the comics. So what I did was I did multiple things. One, I went ahead and just wrote down my my draft from memory. Second, I went ahead and just researched what I could find online. And I also want to point out something which is great, which is another great resource, because I actually had a conversation with a, another fan in the fan zone, Caleb France, today about this, Mark. Um, if you if you don't always have time to read a comic, whether you're reading it digitally or you're reading it in print, there's a lot of great like audio. I won't even call them audio books. There's just great audio performances. And one of my favorite um, YouTube channels is Comic Store is Comic Storian and Comics Explained. And what these guys do is they basically break down big arcs or single issues, big moments in comics, and they make it almost like a performance. And they do such an amazing job. I mean, they do animation, they do hours and hours of scripting and music and everything. And they, they have probably made so many people who were afraid to get back into comics feel welcomed and just absolutely caught up. And so I have like learned about a lot production of production value. Basically, basically, if we, if we wanted to, <laughs> you know, throw effort. a little bit of Shakespeare in there, <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's, uh, it's but yeah, really I mean, they tried really hard. Yeah, but what they do is they do it in more of a narrative way. So while we'll go ahead and we'll stop and we'll try and connect dots to a million other things, they just kind of focus in on that. And uh, that's what makes it different. If you just want to focus in on a singular story, that's it. Here, you're getting so much more. And we're, we, you know, we don't even know where these tangents usually lead. No, so we, we really like don't. to, okay, we like to believe. Really 
Yeah, so we like to believe that we're just, you know, part of the flavor. We're part of the amazing buffet of comic book content out there. But, you know, like everything else, we're the best. So, you know, just one of those things I wanted to go ahead and let you know about because I enjoy it so much, especially if nothing new on Netflix or Disney Plus. I'm going crazy. I'm unemployed right now. There's only so much I can hint, do, hint. Mark. Patreon would be a nice place <laughs> to visit. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Comic Story and, and Comics Explained. You helped me really put this up episode together. Mark has it in front of him as well, so he'll help me kind of patch in the areas. But, uh, you know, I want to talk about is I want to talk about Flashpoint. And then after that, we'll really try and touch on the idea of the multiverse itself, because we covered this a few episodes back covering uh, Deadpool Pulp. And now I feel is the time where we can really start getting kind of weird of the multiverse and alternate timeline idea. Just as the uh, the Marvel and DC universes in the films are, are about to do the same thing. So. You think they planned that because they're they're like stacking right on top of it's each other. It's interesting. I'm not sure. Not, not, I don't I, think they planned it together. But maybe they I, have, I have this maybe crazy the, theory. The comic and, Illuminati has been plotting all along. So I've got this crazy theory, and I promise this will be the last one. We'll jump into the comic. Do you think that Disney created coronavirus? You know, it's not the craziest theory I've heard. <laughs> now that might I'm just serious. be because I'm exposed to a lot of crazy theories. But, uh, I mean, they're certainly one of the prime beneficiaries. Let's put it that way. Think, think, think about it. This and now whole they have like 20 starts. shows coming out, like 10 new Marvel shows, 10 new, 10 new Star Wars shows. Um, just saying. All in the works nine months ago? I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, you know let's what? get I'm into some weird shit. And the first big movie that came out with is Mulan. <laughs> Huh? I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. That's either that's either them tripping themselves up or them giving us a middle finger. Anyway, if you're from China and you're listening to this, ni hao. Then welcome, because you're our first Chinese listener. (laughs) (laughs) And we're glad you're here. And it was fun having you until we, you know. Until we managed to be so insensitive. Exactly. There we go. Anyway, I'm ready to start. You ready, Mark? I'm ready, yeah. All right, folks. So now what we're doing is we're jumping right into Flashpoint issue one. Now, if you're like me, uh, the Flash was always a character who was a cool hero, but never really someone who's front and center. Uh, Myself, I was introduced to the Flash through the Justice League cartoon. It was actually Wally West merged with a lot of the Barry Allen, uh, you know, characteristics and story. So the idea of the Flash being really a serious hero, it just wasn't a thing. So I remember picking this up thinking, okay it looks really cool and it's got other heroes so obviously it's just the flash's turn to be in the spotlight and that's where we start my my flash was actually wally west my flash was more specifically mark wade's wally west is the the series that i got really got into uh in the 90s so i you know barry allen was really never my flash barry allen he was he was dead when you got in didn't he he? was dead in in christ on infinite earths which i you know i did go back and read when i got into comics but you know as far as regular series I never knew Barry Allen. I didn't really know Barry Allen until, until the WB series came out, and I got in, and I really enjoyed at least the first like three seasons of that series, and that was the, my first exposure. Other than you know, no, of course I knew who he was and knew he was the Flash for for most of continuity, but as far as a character I had been into, uh, you know, it was always Wally West for me. And that's why so, Rebirth, like you know, Rebirth hit me so hard. So, so I could probably firmly say that this is our first real committed storyline to what to Barry Allen that either of us really read. Yeah, I guess it really would be for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I did read Crisis on Infinite Earths, you know, prior to this uh, in my co- comic career. But um, yeah, other than that, but this is the, I mean, this is Barry Allen centric. Now, of course, he has a major role in that. But yeah, I have I, this would probably be the first big story based around Barry Allen Flash for me, for sure. 
Where he doesn't die. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So the issue starts with Barry Allen. He's reminiscing about his childhood. He's remembering his mother. And for, you know, for for passive people who have just been aware of the CW series, uh, the death of Barry's mom has been what really impacted his entire life. Tragedy propels so many heroes. But basically, uh, Barry uh, was coming home from school one day. Uh, He walked in on his birthday as his mom was getting the house set up, and he walks in and he sees that she is dead. And what ends up happening is Barry gets dragged, uh, you know, like many, many miles away by this giant yellow spear thing and he's just like what what happened to me so he gets back to the house and he sees his father's been arrested and basically uh, the father was framed for the crime so that that is what basically propelled him to eventually become a police officer later in the panel work we see now I have a question the, I have a yeah. question was that always the canon who killed his mother or is that no a that's it's a retcon based off uh, flash rebirth that came out oh, of okay. final crisis so that is the current canon and it's been basically verified throughout the last several events and so that is the same plot of this the cw show as well yeah, yeah. W- which is why they they really kind of coincided with that same went for arrow they they did a lot to change arrow uh, green arrows uh origin to coincide with the show and what they were doing in the comics so for all intents and purpose this is real um you know in i, I went to a, i went into a little bit more detail but in the in the first page where you're going through the panels you basically get to see him remembering his mother his loving relationship with his mother you learn that she is dead and her case is basically still unsolved kind of unsolved because his father at this point has died in prison uh after all these years and then you go down and you see the accident where he's in a he's in basically a crime lab filled of chemicals lightning hits him he falls back and that's how he gets his super powers and what ends up happening is he's uh he's reminiscing on this and he's basically just kind of catching you up. And this is what I like about Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is really good about catching people up while at the same time making very seasoned readers happy. So this is just a couple of pages. Uh, Later on, after we kind of see the quick run through through the flash, we see Barry Allen in a, you know, in his coat. He's sleeping at a desk. I mean, it it sucks to be this guy because he's got to be, you know, a crime scene scientist cop by day and a superhero by night. So this idea that he's a slacker, you know, when you kind of see that you're thinking, oh, that that's not really him, but it's him just kind of catching a break. And we're kind of wondering why is he there? Uh, Barry's woken up by a friend at his desk telling him, hey, man, don't work another 18 hour shift. You got to focus on solving the death of Miss Alchemy, you know, the Miss Alchemy murder. And, you know, he, he you know, he sits up Barry as he's like, hey, who's who's Miss Alchemy? And uh, he has no clue what his friend is talking about. That's when um, the Central City police captain, Captain Singh, walks into the room and he's screaming about this guy who they all, you know, apparently, according to him, everyone knows who killed Miss Alchemy. It's our so-called hero, Citizen Cold. And for Flash fans, you know, something's kind of odd about that. Who's Miss Alchemy? We, we, you know, that's an unfamiliar person. He's in the room surrounded by familiar people. And then he's like, what hero? And Captain Singh is like, you know, Citizen Cold, Uh, Citizen Cold, 
Who's Citizen Cold? Citizen Cold, as we know him, is Captain, Captain Cold. Cold. You know, part part of the rogues, who the part of the dastardly foes of the Flash. So Barry tries to, you know, really kind of figure out what's what's going on. As he sees on the TV, uh, Citizen Cold is fighting some other villains. What does he do? He he gets up and he's rushing to the scene. He's running like he typically would. He's looking for his Flash ring, which contains his costume, and he notices it's not there. Even worse off. He also notices that he can't uh, he can't really run as fast as he typically does. So what happens is he's rushing to the scene, figures out he doesn't have his ring, figures out he's not running fast, falls down the stairs. And who does he, you know, rise up to as this, you know, older woman comes over and is like, hey, are you OK? It's his mother. So right now, what we know is Why that you showing up at are... my work, mom. That's what I'd be thinking. But you know, I guess if your mother's been dead your whole life, that's not the first thing on your mind. But I'd yeah, like, I mean, why are you? It's, uh, I'm at work. Come on. <laughs> it's there. There's a lot of high strangeness going on. You know, villains are heroes. Cats are being friends of dogs, and he doesn't have his powers or his ring, and his mom's alive. Weird stuff is a miss. Yeah. How, how do you typically feel about stories like this? Because just off the bat, you could tell, oh, this is going to be an alternate timeline story or a time travel story. I feel like people really love them or they really hate them. You know, it all depends on the story, I guess, because there are like, yeah, in theory, I feel like once I detect it, which is usually right away, like when you just wake up and everything's wrong, everything's weird. And OK, so, you know, this isn't going to stick. You know, this isn't what we're getting at. Um, in this case, specifically, though. This actually, ha this is not just like an alternate reality or a dream or something like that. Um, this has a reason behind it and it actually really matters and it's central to the whole story. So like, and for, and even where they're going with it and where it leads into everything with New 52. So I, I do like it in this case. And there, there's other times where I, th I feel like I can enjoy stories. Like, like, I feel like it's usually actually Jeff Johns that, write, that writes these kind of stories where I can enjoy these stories as long as you make me feel like it's mattering. Even if I know at the end of the day, like this specific reality or this these specific events, like I know this is not going to end with Citizen Cold as, as the hero of Keystone City or anything like that. But if you can make me feel like the story matters, like the character is going through something, uh, then it's okay. And like here, this happens to Barry Allen. Like in the current continuity, this happened to Barry Allen. So I think especially in this case i'm totally fine with it because this is this is all it's an alternate reality of, of, of sorts for now but it's also really happening so to speak as really happening as can happen in comics <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, all of this stuff, he, he still remembers every moment of it. You know, there, some of my favorite time travel stories are kind of like uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a very important X-Men story. But Days of Future Past is not felt throughout any of the modern um, X-Men comics at all. I guess another example I would take would be like Age of Apocalypse, which we'll probably look at at some point, And a lot of people look back fondly upon. But in, in, at the end of the day, Age of Apocalypse... It's entertaining. It's got some interesting stories in it. They do a lot of different things with different X-Men characters. Uh, but after three months, it didn't matter. You know, we went right back to it. This really matters. Like this matters today, eight years later. Exactly. So we're, we're, we're getting back into it. He's trying to figure out, mom, mom, you're alive. He tries to get his mother to basically, you know, figure out what's what's going on and she's wondering why were you running out why are you looking like a fool and he's like listen mom i'm i'm the flash you know the the fastest man alive and she she has no clue what he's talking about so barry's freaking out nothing is right his you know 
all, all the stuff is weird. So he goes to the one person in his life he feels may hopefully know what's going on. So he runs over to the local newspaper to find his wife, Iris, Iris West. But everything else is just as weird there as it is all around him. She sees Iris go over to some other guy and they start getting it on in the workplace. A lot of PDA. And, you know, at this point, he's like, OK, like if she has no clue who I am, if she's with another guy and all this other stuff is happening, then the only excuse is that I am in another reality. And at this point, um, you know, he, he goes back to his mom and he's like, mom, I mean, you, you don't know me. Do you know Batman? And she's like, oh, yeah, I know Batman. That's when the panel starts to shift. And this is where you really start to understand the depth of the changes in this world. So anyway, uh, now now we're going to Gotham and Gotham here is a little bit different. Typically, when Gotham is drawn, it's drawn in very much the style of the 1990s Batman, the animated series cartoon, or it's supposed to be drawn kind of like a modern day Chicago. This is a bit hazier. It's a bit more Las Vegasy, And we'll, we'll explain that in a minute. But in Gotham, you see Batman chasing a villain named Yo-Yo. And just from what you can see, this is not your average Batman. This Batman is bulkier. He's got little like, you know, shoulder pads that look like something out of like Dracula coming out. This beady is, red eyes that this is, you know, if people think that the Dark Knight Returns Batman is the most badass version of Batman. He may have been until Flashpoint Batman. I, I think I would agree with that. So basically, he's he's chasing after this chick named Yo-Yo. Um, he's trying to figure out where the Joker's funhouse is. So he's you know, he, he grabs her. They're at the side of a build. You know, they're at the side of like a construction yard on top of these rafters. You know, Batman being all intimidated and stuff. And typically nothing really happens here. Instead, what, you know, she says is, I don't know nothing. I'm not going to do anything. And Batman's basically like, all right, man. So Batman pushes Yo-Yo off. And as Yo-Yo is falling to her death this is when cyborg jumps in and he captures her just in time so he you know he he lays her out on the floor uh the cops are coming uh batman's about to go away and then suddenly cyborg you know gets back up there and he's like really uh, you know, what what was that and batman's like well she slipped and he's like you know a lot of people tend to slip around you um you know at this point uh you know batman's trying to get away and cyborg's like listen man i, I need to talk to you about something this is when he turns on this hologram and you know around cyborg and batman you see all these heroes some are familiar and some are just ones you don't expect one of them is green lantern abin sir if you know anything about abin sir you know that his death is what makes hal jordan the green lantern but somehow abin sir is still green lantern and alive and right there you also see shazam but this is kind of different um you see a bunch of kids there with uh with tawny tiger uh this is not your regular captain marvel shazam this is captain thunder whereas billy batson can turn into shazam you know captain marvel himself and then all his friends can turn into the marvel family they have to basically all say shazam and then they turn into one singular person and this version of shazam he's got scratches all over his face his name is captain thunder you know something's wrong then you've got some other folks in there that aren't as important you've got enchantress element woman sandman etc and what cyborg's trying to do is he basically needs to recruit batman to help fight against 
Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And we're at this point, we're like, what, what's what's going on with them? So before I get any further and kind of explain what's going on, uh, Mark, you, you see Gotham, you see this crazy ass Batman, and then you see all these kind of like disturbed versions of heroes that are, you know, either dead and gone or alive, but look really dark. What was your impression of them? Yeah, I mean, the first time I read this at first, you're kind of like, okay, what's up with, with Batman here? He's just obviously he's like kind of more vicious, more murderous version of Batman. But more interestingly than that is this entire, like you said, this like panorama of all these different heroes. And like, yeah, that's I didn't I'm not sure if I realized at the time this is Abin Sir until later in the story, but it sure as heck wasn't Hal Jordan. And I didn't even realize what was going on with Billy Bats and all those kids around him at the time, which we don't really at the time and, until a little bit later on. But they, they make it really clear that while these are this is a universe that has the same characters and, you know, a lot of the same things are going on. A lot of it's totally different, too. And especially when they make this reference to what's going on with Aquaman and Wonder Woman, you're just kind of like, well, what's going on with Aquaman and Wonder Woman? Like, So they've, they've really, in just like two pages, really just this one panel for the, for the most part, um, it, they've where they were able to really show us the, the kind of the depth of how different this universe is uh, when it comes to the, all the superheroes. Yeah. And at, at this point, now we're trying to figure out, like, why is the world so screwed up? So what, what I liked about Flashpoint is you could read these five issues and you've got everything you need. There are actually a lot of uh, spinoff series that were about two issues each. They're also really good. They did it for Arrow. They did it for Wonder Woman and the Furies, Aquaman, uh, Deathstroke, who's a pirate. We'll get to that later. I mean, they did it for a lot of the folks to kind of explain it. Uh, what I do want to point out real fast is that often when you have a movie that's based off a comic book event, they make a lot of changes. They take a lot of liberties. What I actually think is the best example of a comic to film adaptation is Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox. And what I love about that, I will say that that might be a little bit better than what we're going to continue, you know, going off of here. Because is there what- more than one Flashpoint movie? Or is that the one? Because I, I did one. watch a Flashpoint animated movie and I don't, I don't feel like it was all that different, but maybe I'm just it's, well. Well, what's what's different about it is they include more elements from the from the spinoffs, from the spinoff titles into it. So here, you know, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of explain things like, for example, let me go ahead and explain what's going on with Aquaman and Wonder Woman. They kind of explain it in that panel. Basically, the Amazons and the Atlanteans have gone to war. They don't explain what necessarily went down. And they add this in the film, which I actually think makes more sense there. It would have been done fine here. But, you know, multiple titles, more money, uh, less problems or more problems. But basically what happens is in this world, um, um, you know, Atlantis and Themyscira, the home of the Amazons, they basically want to become one super nation. You know, you've got all the badass warrior women. Then you've got all the Atlanteans controlling, you know, all, all the all the water in the world and shit like that. They, they make a pretty big team. So what happens is Aquaman agrees to marry Wonder Woman. The problem is, though, and it might be a problem for us, but it's not really a problem for them. Aquaman's already married. He's married to Mera, Queen of Atlantis. But given how they are, Aristotle royalty and shit. He also marries, um, you know, Wonder Woman, and they're supposed to be cool with that. Well, at least everyone's supposed to be cool with that, but Mara's not cool with that. So what happens is <laughs> yeah. Mara... I wouldn't imagine she would be cool with it. 
Yeah, so what happens is Mara goes into Aquaman's bedroom, uh, attempting to probably kill them both, but she only sees Wonder Woman there. So what she tries to do is she tries to kill Wonder Woman. Instead, Wonder Woman cuts her head off, and even worse, she takes Mara's crown and makes it hers. And when Aquaman sees this, he doesn't know the full context, but what he sees is that the one true love in his life is having her head dangled by the new wife. And that basically starts what is the biggest war the world has ever known. Atlantis and uh, Themyscira battling for control of the world with man caught in the middle. I did not know any of that. So that's nice. I don't yeah, even remember you, that from the movie, but you know, I was probably. Yeah, it's like it's like so. two minutes in the film. There's no dialogue. It's just flashbacks, but it's badass as hell. And is that that is also the backstory in the comic? Just they don't show it in the main in the main series. Yeah, I mean the the, the comic. Uh, the one that explained this was Wonder Woman and the Furies. Uh, it was a two-part spinoff that came out of this, but honestly, it wasn't that memorable, and they did a better job showing it in like you know a third, a thirty-second to one-minute-long flashback in the film that I just took five minutes to explain, <laughs> which basically shows you it That's could be done. It could be done many different ways, and I think the film version of incorporating it in, whereas they don't really give you that backstory here, makes more sense. So you know, at this point. Um, Batman is like looking at the crowd, looking at Cyborg, and he's like, you need me to go ahead and save your team. I imagine him with like a Clint Eastwood voice. Uh, He's like, no one can kill Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And, um, you know, at that point, uh, Cyborg's like, listen, man, if if you don't join us, they're going to go ahead and destroy the world. If they destroy the world, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I need to remind you of this, but they're going to destroy Gotham, too. And Batman it's jumps funny off. How the one without powers is the most important one here, just because it's they it's basically that the, they need Batman because they think if Batman gets on board, then everyone else will fall and suit, will will join the, re- the revolution, essentially. Well, 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 Batman has a power. He's the power of money. Oh, yeah. I'm rich. I wish I, I wish I had that power. I'm rich. But but yeah, Batman jumps Recipes off and he Batfleck bat forever. Although supposedly they supposedly I heard that they're actually going to have new Batfleck movies now too. In addition to the Pattinson movies, in addition to new uh, Superman movies with with what just not. So who knows what's going on over there? The world makes no sense. But anyway, as as he mentions, hey, Gotham might also be caught in this. Batman fly, you know. Uh, grapples off and he's like one can only hope um at this point we see barry allen has driven to gotham and now he knows that batman does exist here so what he thinks he needs to do is he needs to go find bruce wayne because obviously bruce wayne is batman here so he drives over through gotham to wayne manor and things are a bit sketchy because you know at least bruce keeps the place looking like someone lives there instead he walks in it's empty and abandoned he's calling for alfred and there's no alfred and if there's no alfred for batman something bad is happening so he walks down to the bat cave which seems kind of familiar but everything's kind of off it, um i mean you know batman's supposed to be like the james bond of superheroes and this bat cave looks kind of more like the unabomber there are bombs there's everywhere no dinosaur there's no giant nickel like what well, how does how does he do anything yeah, um, there's nothing fun there it's just a cave yeah and at one point he turns over and he sees a desk with a gun and a 
picture that's framed and it's of Thomas, Martha and Bruce Wayne. And you see the gun. Now we look at the gun and we think, oh, that is the gun that killed Batman's parents. So as he's walking over and he's just thinking, man, this is this is pretty freaking crazy. Out of nowhere, Batman's just flat out attacks Barry. I just want to add one thing I like about this. When you're actually reading the book, there is a narrator that's not Barry Allen from the beginning and you don't know who it is. Until right at this point, when Barry looks at this gun, there is a uh, the narration comes back in, and it's in the form of a letter. It, it looks like I ripped up ripped up pieces from a letter, which will of course tie in later. But uh, it's the narration that says, "The first time I met Barry Allen, I nearly killed him," and that's when Batman appears. So then you realize that 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 Thomas Wayne Batman has been the narrator this whole time through the letter, which will of course be integral to this whole whole story. Which, speaking of which, Thomas Wayne is Batman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> in case in case you didn't kind of pick things up because everything is so dark. So yeah, he, he says he, Bruce. Wait, and he's like, and and then Thomas Wayne's like Bruce. How did you know the name Bruce? And Barry's like, Well, I I know I know your real name. I know what happened. He's like, No, I'm not. No, Bruce is dead. I watched him die. And he's like, Oh my God, you're Thomas Wayne. And that's that's just the a last splash page of the um of the of that issue. It's um it's like Thomas Wayne Batman holding his fist at Barry with that full you know coming right at him uh, and and Barry saying you're Thomas Wayne and that's that's the big reveal wrapping up issue one so I, I love that reveal because i didn't i didn't see it's two big reveals at once now you re, you're like oh this is the narrator and they're like oh wait this is not this is not bruce wayne it's thomas wayne oh so bruce died and Tom, thomas became became batman and this is all going through your head uh and of course we're you know we're reading it all in, in one binge here but uh you know if you're reading this month to month that's a hell of a cliffhanger to go off on Oh, yeah. And I mean, what I love about this single issue is the fact that it did such a good job of giving you so much information and none of it feels like a drag. Mm-hmm. Like you're being introduced to a lot of things, a lot of things that might be kind of overwhelming for some new readers. But even as like somebody that knew what was going on, like it, this is a lot for me. And because of that, I just found it more interesting. That's something that Jeff Johns has a real knack for with his writing in general. He is really able to like show you the whole history of something, give you enough information, but he does it in an interesting way way and like naturally through dialogue to a point that you never feel like oh my god I just got bar- bombarded with so much it always it always moves along uh never bogs down the story he's just he's just able to master masterfully weave in the information you need uh in a very natural way and that's something that's really difficult to do I mean, a lot of times i get to the recap part of a story and i'm like oh here's the re- i'll just flip through these three pages yeah i know what would happen here but I, that never happens to me with, with a jeff john's recap i always feel like okay this is this is engaging me i'm actually interested in why he's talking about this and before i I know it. We're already back in the dialogue and I never even noticed. Oh, I never got bogged down in a recap. Yep, absolutely. And as we go into issue two, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you see a death stroke? Yep. Pirate okay. Deathstroke. Pirate yeah. Deathstroke. And this is another one of those situations where it's like, man, what the hell is going on? Like, Deathstroke, the Terminator. Sense, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, so Deathstroke the Terminator and his crew aboard his ship, the Ravager. If you know anything, you know that Ravager's name of his daughter. Obviously, he doesn't have a daughter, or maybe he does, but Ravager is the name of his ship. He's basically a pirate. And he's, you know, he, he what you see around him is you can't really tell that he's out at sea. He's basically what it looks like he's he's basically, you know, pushing his boat through what seems to be a flooded city. And uh, what we basically can tell is that this is uh, New Themyscira, which is also known as London, because London has been flooded. So, you know, Deathstroke's a pirate. 
London's underwater. This isn't cool. And, and what I really like about John's, and this is another compliment, uh, in the next panel, you see that they are using this guy named Sonar. They have him kind of like chained down at the bottom of the ship. Sonar is a really B-rated villain. And what I like about John's is that he's able to find people that are really not necessarily characters you would ever think of, and he's able to incorporate them in ways that make sense. And basically, what um, what Deathstroke is doing is he's basically you, he's basically torturing Sonar into using him as a human sonar machine to detect Atlanteans. And what, what I like about this is that, you know, this just shows how further distorted everything is. Like, you, you know, in the first issue that obviously the world is at war because of the Amazons and because of Atlantis. But when Deathstroke's a pirate and he's using people as as like living technology and he has to torture them to make it work, that's a pretty tough shit. Indeed, yeah, it's pretty cool. The first time I saw that, I actually thought, especially because it was outfit, I actually thought that was Superman for a second. Um, kind of creepy. Yeah, kind of creepy. Got that, like blue and red, but yeah, I didn't. I had no idea who, who Sonar was until right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, go, going back to the Batcave, we see that Batman is literally breaking Barry Allen's fingers, as Batman does. And uh, br- you also, know, so, a, a point of note here: um, when they do come upon Aquaman here uh, in New Themyscira, which has now been flooded. Uh, his second-hand man is actually uh, Ocean Master, who is, of course, like his arch enemy in in regular continuity. So, just another little interesting, interesting difference here we're seeing between the realities. Yeah, I mean, this is what what I love about this is even though they they could have just gone straight pick up from the cliffhanger, this introduction makes it feel fresh on its own. I remember picking this up month month to month. This is this is a very cinematic book. I don't yeah, I try sure. not to use that book off. I try not to use that phrase often, but it's very cinematic. So we're back at the Batcave. Batman is breaking Barry Allen's fingers, and uh, you know he's taunting him. He's like, "You've got you've got like eight fingers left. If you say my dead son's name again, we'll." Just just keep going him breaking his fingers is just like so like it's so it's so many layers of what the fuck is going on here like why is he batman so freaking brutal also batman is breaking the flash's fingers like this is just uh, it's just insane and i mean the flash has never had to deal with something like this like a, a regular human breaking his fingers it's just all completely out of the sorts of where these characters would normally be while they're still at least with barry is the same character like literally is the same character this is not an alternate re- re- reality version of barry allen yeah, and, and I mean, what's kind of crazy, kind of jump off into the 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 Batman uh, Flashpoint series that came out of this. You, you, we, you, we basically figure this out, and we we basically figure out in this issue of Flashpoint, and they go into further detail in this Batman Limited series, is that you know Bruce Wayne was the one who died in the alleyway, and what ended up happening was that you know Thomas would become Batman instead but the primary reason is because uh you know this version of Martha Wayne is incredibly mentally ill so when Bruce dies in the alleyway she basically becomes the Joker she takes his blood and she smears it across her face to make the smile and she basically snaps and what you see is that she becomes the clown queen of crime I guess she becomes the full-on Joker for this universe and something goes up with Dr. Wayne because he stops being a doctor and he basically turns Wayne Industry Wayne Enterprises into a bunch of casinos so he's almost just as you know kind of grungy as everyone else and what's worse is that you know from what you could tell when he kind of put you know when yo-yo slipped he kills people in the in the batman limited series that comes out of this he's killed hush poison ivy killer croc he kills killer croc with the machete it's really crazy wow. shit 
So him breaking fingers is probably the least crazy thing this Batman has done. <laughs> Sounds like it. So uh, what happens is, you know, as 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 Batman is grabbing Barry and continuing to interrogating him, his memories are changing. And now Barry can see the change that happened with the Waynes and he can see the change that happened between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And that's really bad because now what he's starting to do is he's starting to lose his memories of his timeline and he's starting to gain the memories from this timeline. Yeah, and, and as he's saying this, he's saying, oh my God, my, my memories are changing. This isn't the parallel Earth. This isn't the mirror world. This is my home. This is real. And then Thomas Wayne's like, that's the first thing you've said that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> so so what yeah. so what he tries to do next is he's like listen man like i i gotta show you my ring my my ring has my costume and batman's like how do you get a costume in your ring he grabs his ring his flash ring because as you know he runs really fast shoots the costume out because man unstable molecules he quickly gets changed and then it, then boom bang he's the flash so he tries to do that except the problem is he shoots out his costume proving he's right but the problem is as soon as he sees it as soon as batman's somewhat convinced the costume is that of Eborn Thawn, Eobard. the mad, yeah, Eborn Thawn, a mad scientist from the 23rd century who's obsessed with the Flash, and he can tell because it's basically the regular Flash suit with yellow. And throughout the book, um, I didn't explain earlier, but throughout the book, you see like this yellow flash throughout it, like like you know just a blur. Um, at one point, it, it you know it came by and it said hello to the Flash's mom, and she's like, "What? Who's there?" Now we know because. It, we, late earlier it was insinuated that the reverse flash is there. I don't now think I it's, ever noticed that. Did, did you notice it? No, I still haven't noticed it. I'm actually I'm actually flipping back and trying to find the part with Iris right now. I, I found it. I found it going online today. I'll go ahead and point out the oh, page. Oh, I see but, it right there. Yeah, you yeah, see it? Yeah, she says, yeah, there's one panel where you you could you blink if you miss it but yeah that's clearly him right there that in this one panel it's actually very clearly him if you just look but i, I easily as i have several times reading this you could easily miss it yeah did, uh, you, you've seen fight club right yeah of course you know how if you pause at certain points in the movie you see tyler durden in the corner no i didn't realize that either oh man i'm gonna completely destroy your you wanna... weekend plans i'm gonna go ahead and send you a youtube video basically and this is in the all cuts of the film if you cut certain points you see tyler durden pop up for a second in like the corner each time and it's to like tell you that frame yeah uh, because you know they made they make the joke about the cigarette butts uh, yeah, yeah well they they say that that's a cigarette butt but it's tyler if you pause it, it's brad pitt so what they did here is kind of like it, except they did it for one issue. Now we're here and it's basically like this is this is the reverse flash. This is Professor Zoom. So and what what he's obviously and, done and is Thomas he's done Wade's that. Just like reverse flash. He's like, what is this guy on about? First, he's the flash. He already doesn't know what a regular flash is. I was like, wait, that's a reverse flash. Hell, are you talking about crazy? And, and, and like, who's Ebird Thawne and all this stuff? And like, and basically, name is Eobard. He's like, yeah, it's a name from the future. It's like, it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So ba- basically, Zoom Professor Zoom did this to taunt Barry, and um, you know, basically. He he begins to tell him more about himself. He's like, listen, man, like my father was framed for murdering my mother. Zoom was the one who killed her. And because of that I became the Flash. But my mother's alive, which means that he didn't do it, which means obviously he's the one who messed with the time zone. I got to explain Eber and Th- Eber Thawne because you Thawne, cannot say that name. You cannot I, say Eobard. Is it Eber? 
Thon, Zoom, Reverse Flash. Yeah. He, he has he, what, what I hate about him is he's got like five different names at once. Yeah. But he, here's the here's the short and skinny of it. He is a scientist from the 23rd century or 25th century who's basically obsessed with the Flash. And what he did was he basically found the way to reenact the accident that gave Barry his powers, so that way he could become the Flash. He wanted to basically be the flash so much so that it wasn't enough to be the flash in his own century he wanted to be the flash so what he does is he goes back in time right after the crisis on infinite earths sees that he's dead tries to go a little bit further and sees that somehow at some point in time he's the villain so basically no matter what he does he's going to end up screwing it up and he will not be a hero like the flash he'll never be so much as a hero to fight alongside the flash so because of his own egomania he just goes absolutely freaking crazy so then he comes up with this plan where basically this is what creates the paradox that we're dealing with because he can't be the flash and because he will never be friends with the flash and because at some point in time he knows he will be an enemy of the flash he wants to be everything to the flash therefore in order to be his alpha and omega he goes back in time and he kills the flash's mom therefore creating the flash therefore creating himself which closes the loop which begs the question how did it start in the first place and where is he now created and how, if this is an alternate timeline, then how is Thawne doing this shit? And did they kind of change it to, or sort of retcon it, where somehow Barry Allen, like, created the, like, it wasn't just a random lightning strike. It was, like, somehow him channeling the Speed Force or create. or I think he created the Speed Force now is the, is the current story, I believe. Something to that effect. I'm so confused about it. I, I, I even got confused on the CW version. Yeah. Because I can never tell if, it's, like, the Speed Force simple. is, like, is it like the Force? Because I always thought it was just him basically being able to merge of, like, the speed of light and sound. Yeah, but, yeah, that's, yeah, but in the show, they almost make it out like a place, like a physical place, like a place you go. And then it, it kind of is that in the comics, too. Like, when they hit the Speed Force, it's like, you know, like, I, like Wally West was, like, I don't know if he was technically trapped in the Speed Force, but they've had different times when they had like f- different flashes trapped like within the Speed Force. So that I don't know. It's always confusing. It's not, I don't. I'm not sure if the Speed Force has ever been clearly clearly defined. If it's anyone's, just, it's, it's the if, because comics of all things Flash, basically. Basically, because Speed Force. Yeah, um, because the Speed Force. So basically, Batman agrees to help Barry because if they can get his powers back and DC, he can yeah, just fix to, just all this. Just to real quickly go back to it, the definition of the Speed Force according to DC, the DC Wiki is at dc.fandom.com slash wiki. Uh, the Speed Force is a cosmic force based around velocity and movement and one of the seven forces of the universe. It is the representation of reality and motion being the very cosmic force that pushes space and time forward. Uh, and it is what it was what gives all flashes their powers, but that does make it out to be a sort of separately existing force that just L- exists listen, out there. Listen, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to insult our kind, but Let's that get is a quantum some, physicist on the show. To that, explain. That, that is some nerd shit right there. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So, oh my yeah. gosh. So what easiest what, thing to say is because speed force, it's because it's everything speed we force. need for the, yeah, anything we need for the flash what, to do, whatever the story requires it to be, the speed force Precise. will be. So it's, it's more McTaggart. 
<laughs> so Batman agrees to help Barry because if he can get his powers back and fix the timeline, that means that Bruce can live. Because at this point, as, as you've as you've clearly defined it, this is not a separate universe. This is time. This is current, and something is wrong. So therefore, you're not going to have the alternate realities and stuff if Batman, if Bruce Wayne is dead here. This is the prime. And he needs Bruce to live so that he can go to his reality and try to stop him from being uh, from being Batman. By yeah, whatever. Don't I mean, don't got, get into your Tom King shit. Uh, now. I got into the Tom King zone. Get me out. <laughs> the King zone. Um, okay, I'm, out. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. Okay, so Batman agrees to help Barry get his powers back so they could fix the timeline so Bruce will live again. What they do is they get an electric chair and somehow all the chemicals necessary to, you know, bathe him in. So um, at that point, it happens to be a stormy night. Every This is one of those moments where it's just kind of it's kind of cheesy how they happen to have everything right there, but they do it. So they go outside of the manor and rig an electric chair with the chemicals during a storm to recreate the accident, which gave him his powers. Lightning strikes, strikes a pole at attached to the chair and it causes a, a quick explosion but it actually ends up burning barry alive to a crisp and this visual <laughs> this right now this is th- they don't they don't hide from it he is burnt alive yeah this is insane uh just they just show him i mean burnt to a crisp like like as a regular human without powers who just got struck with lightning and a bunch of chemicals, uh, this did not quite work out. Uh, and then again, this is the, how they end that episode. Uh, the episode. Oh man, I almost made it an hour without doing it. This is how they end that second issue of Flashpoint. Um, also in there, we do meet Steve Trevor, who is uh, on a mission. He gets captured um, in New Themyscira, and um, he is captured by Wonder Woman. And they, you know, she does the, the lasso of truth thing, and then he says that he's there to find Lois Lane. So that's just a little another story point in there oh and you know let's just finish it she kills him she strangled she i'm him. sure yeah. she she chokes him to death with the lasso of truth and there's just another version because everyone knows that steve trevor is wonder woman's canon love interest so as we can see this is them having never met prior therefore she's never been introduced to the rest of the world so this is her and her true like barbarian warrior princess state if she's going to kill steve trevor of all people and we know who he is then we know that this is a world where shit can go down anyway if you haven't already been able to to predict that indeed so we we go on to the next issue and uh what we see is that lois lane is running through uh you know new themiscira london she's trying to escape everyone uh who's chasing her the amazons and she ends up getting saved by um etrican grifter ambush bug and a few other random people and this scene is kind of well, irrelevant grifter here to for me like the first time i had read this it's like wait grit the hell is Grifter? What the hell is Grifter doing here from Wildcats? I mean, I, I later, re- you know, I, I knew that like DC had brought had bought Wildstorm and all of that, but I didn't. I think this might actually be the first time they actually tried to incorporate these characters into the DC comics. Is that not, you, is that you are exactly right, and this is the only time this really matters in this series because yeah. or ever the, again, practically, basically, <laughs> because it doesn't matter after this. Uh, basically, as as Mark mentioned, DC had purchased Wildsword comics, um, and I guess they had to use them at this time. And they go no, ahead they and just to. bring them in. They just wanted to. They're like, we own these characters. Let's let's use this event to push them into, you know, the DC universe. Yeah. So basically, this doesn't really matter, but it's cool. I like Etrican. I wish we had seen more Etrican. Uh, Grifter. Do, do, what, what, who is Grifter? I've never cared enough to really know. Grifter is um, 
man, I can't tell you his whole backstory right now. But um, he's a wildcat. <laughs> he's one of the wildcats. I don't think I think that, of that, all the wildcats. Wildcat, wildcat. I'm sorry, Wildstorm is is D, uh, Jim Lee's studio, right? Correct. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And Wildcats is the first book. He was a character in the Wildcats. Now Wildcats is a base around the this basically this war between these two alien races that kind of takes place on Earth through several surrogates. I don't think Grifter is, like a lot of the characters are an alien or alien hybrid of some kind. I think Grifter is just a human, though. I could be wrong about that. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and more importantly, it does not matter at all for the purposes of this story or really any story. <laughs> yeah. So um, what, what ends up happening is uh, we go back to Wayne Manor and somehow Barry Allen is still alive and Batman's like, man, like this, this is, this is really screwed up. So, uh, he, uh, as Barry is basically on this, on this slab of a table, trying not to die, his memories change again. He sees, uh, you know, Abin Sir, you know, staying Green Lantern instead of Hal Jordan. And that just shows, man, things are still changing. If I begin to forget more of this, it's going to screw up everything else. So Barry's like, listen, Batman, we got to go out one more time. And Batman's like, you really are crazy. So uh, they go outside and they do the experiment. This time when it happens, the explosion is even bigger and it causes Batman to kind of fall off this this uh, balcony level where they were trying this out. And as he's about to fall onto these gated, these uh, spikes on the gate, um, you see a, a blur come and save him. And basically... It's it's Barry. It actually worked. He actually sped up to save Batman. And it, it's kind of funny because just in that classic flash sense of humor, he looks at him as Batman's like, what the hell is that? And he's like, told you. So they fast forward a little bit to the Batcave. And what you see is that we're getting to learn more about the Flash's powers. He's not just super fast, but you see his hair is coming back and his skin is repairing because, um, you know, it actually the speed force will heal him a molecular level um even so so that when they're about to go on the next stage of their plan when batman tosses him the yellow zoom flash suit uh barry's like i can't go out like this so he changed he you know he changes everything at like an atomic level making it back to its you know crimson red and gold so that way it looks like a regular flash suit i just thought that was pretty cool somehow i have no problem buying that the flash can have super speed because he got struck by lightning and a bunch of chemicals and uh there's a paradox where his villain created him and then that but that's what created the villain so how does that make sense i can deal with all that i cannot wrap my head around the fact that he changes the color of a costume at the molecular level i just can't you know that's a it's a bridge too far for me for some reason but you know because comics so him healing himself from having been set on fire earlier is a bridge to is is okay yeah, that's fine okay no that's totally fine yeah <laughs> it's the little things that bother me for something it's not the big stuff i accept the big I, stuff. Going i get here. it so basically at this point with his powers back and batman's fully believing him he's like hey man why don't you just go back in time and stop whatever happened and barry basically says he can't go back or else he might ruin the timeline even more and as they're witnessing what's going on they realize this war between aquaman and wonder woman is too big for either of them whatever zoom is doing he's obviously prepared more so what they need is they need superman and batman's like what is superman <laughs> uh, basically in this version of the timeline the the rocket that Superman was sent on from Krypton did not land gently in Smallville, Kansas. It landed in Metropolis, blowing up the city. And the headline, they show the newspaper headlines when they're looking back at the, uh, I guess the old microfiche of these these headlines and it says Metropolis attacked. 
Because they took it, this as like a rocket attack from wherever, you know? Yeah, aliens bad. 35,000 people. That's 10 9-11s in one second. So yeah, how'd that kill so many? Wow. I mean, man, did you see Man of Steel? They they destroyed a lot of shit in that movie. Yeah. In an hour and a half fight scene that we needed. Anyway. Um, Anyway, so basically Batman uh, is like, I I know where we can find your guy. So fast forward, we go and we basically see Batman's volunteer to help Cyborg, but he needs a favor. Um, They've done some digging and they've seen that they need to to find the layer of this Project Superman. And uh, basically, Project Superman is the secret government program that's underneath the the ruins of old metropolis they they're in the sewers so as they go there they basically go and they uh they they go into the sewers they break into this facility and they see you know basically yeah someone's being held here and as they look around they see this skinny alien named subject one they go ahead and they get a little bit closer and they see that it's basically an emaciated superman there's a little touch here that i really want to point out uh it's almost like an easter egg but they're they're uh, they're running by this one room, and he looks in. Like Barry looks in real quick. He's like, "Subject two, what's that?" And they say it looks like a canine skeleton, and it's, it's like it's like this basically this dog skeleton there. So I guess that was crypto, a little crypto, a little crypto oh. there with him. Yeah, so I guess crypto didn't make it. Crypto's just sitting there. The skeleton's just there with a bunch of lights on it, just sitting out in the open. I don't know how long they've been had that skeleton out there, but yeah, it's like sitting next to like what looks like maybe a, a part of the rocket or maybe a separate rocket. Because was crypto in a spe- in a separate rocket? Because he wasn't like crypto. Oh man, the, I it depends. Crypto's confusing. I, I think crypto's cri- crypto's confusing because he's either an alien, he's either an interdimensional being, or he's a LexCorp experiment. Well, in this one, he's an alien, I guess, and he's dead, <laughs> and dead. Yeah. So we got dead crypto. Then we got subject one. It's basically Superman if Superman was held in Auschwitz. That's the only <laughs> way I could describe him. That's how yeah, I always no, remembered that- him. That is that is accurate. Yeah, he's a skinny, frail, never, literally, never seen the light of day. Yeah, dude. So he yeah. he's afraid of everything. So basically, Batman's like, "This is your secret weapon." And uh, Barry, you know, he remembers him as Clark, so he starts calling him Clark. They basically uh, break him out of there, and as they get him out to the other side, outside of the sewers, he begins to look at the sun. And if you know anything about Superman, folks, is that the red sun fuels him. That's what makes him. Superman. So he starts floating and everyone's like, well, what what the hell is going on? And he's looking and Superman's looking at the sun. And he calls it beautiful. Next thing you know, in this great tranquil moment between Superman and his three friends, somebody starts shooting at him. So what you see is a bunch of government agents. They start storming everyone. They're shooting at Superman. And what does Superman do? Because he doesn't know his own powers. He accidentally incinerates someone with his laser eyes. Yeah, you don't realize it's accidental at first until they go to the next page and you see his reaction. He's like, whoa, I did that. <laughs> I can burn like, oh, people. I, I was pretty angry and I looked at him, but then, wow, okay. So yeah, so, so what happened. does he do? He freaks out and he flies away. And Batman's like, there goes your secret weapon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and at this point, there's basically like hope is dwindling. And Cyborg is basically able to ride this off because he's reporting directly to the president, which ironically, and, and this is another funny difference uh, in the in the comics. I don't remember if they did this, but like in in the Flashpoint Paradox movie, they make the president Barack Obama. Yeah, it, it, it's Obama. It's like Obama. It's, in this. it's I mean, basically yeah, it's, it's him it's or Denzel. Yeah, yeah there, there was a there was a dark multiverse Flashpoint 
comic that I actually just picked up the other day where they make the president look like uh, Robert Redford or somebody. I think Robert Redford is like the de facto president in the DC universe because he's like that in multiple parts without being named. And then the Watchmen universe, he becomes Watchmen, president. Yeah. So it's either it's either Obama or Robert Redford. Or Nixon. Yeah. So so what ends up happening is right before, uh, you know, they can move on. They have to get past all these guards. Element Woman comes out and takes out the bad guys. And uh, why? Because they just need to move the story on. So basically, as, they, as, as Element Woman just suddenly arrives in time to take all the bad guys. So that way, Batman, Cyborg and Flash don't have to. Uh, she's there. They introduce her. She doesn't matter. Next thing you know, Barry's memories start changing again. Yeah, I don't know much about Ele- Element Woman, and I didn't know that much more by the end of this. Yeah. So so they basically go. She looks cool, though. She she looks she looks cool. I, that That's yeah. it. So ba- kind of cute if it wasn't for the weird tree trunk leg and the rock arm. I could I could get over it. <laughs> Yeah, I could get over yeah. it. I'm already over it. So, so basically what they do is they, they need to meet up with everyone else. So I guess they go to Billy Batson and the Shazam family's house with all the other heroes. And as they get there, um, the Flash's memories start giving him like a mini seizure. So Batman has to stab him with an anti-epileptic uh, shot. And at this point, um, you know, Batman, the kids who are basically Captain Thunder, they're trying to catch everyone up with the situation. How this is the Flash and he's got to help us fight these other bad guys. Billy Batson walks over and touches Barry. And as he's able to do that, he sees a vision of the Flash's memories of who the wizard Shazam and Captain Marvel and the Marvel family were. And at this point, you know, Billy Batson steps back and he's like, guys, this dude's legit because his memories are real. And I know that this is not our memories, but in his, in his mind, those are absolutely real. And I saw us. So uh, what ends up happening is everyone's pretty much convinced. And uh, right before they're about to get real, you know, happy about having a full team together and Batman there with his new friend Flash and shit like that. They go over and watch uh, this breaking report on the TV. And basically it says that ace pilot Hal Jordan has died basically on a suicide mission to drop a bomb in Themyscira. And what this basically shows is that if they don't keep moving fast, more and more their friends are going to die. They're all going. All the human friends: Steve, Trevor, Hal Jordan. It's not a. It's not a good time to to be a hero at this point. Yeah. Not only does Barry show up like in this place that everything's totally different and uh, everything's fucked, but like he's also now in the middle of this thing and now watching all his friends, like you know, everybody he knew, die or find out they're dead or, or something along the way. So this is just. It's been a hell of a day. Is it still the same day? For it's Barry? basically it at least two at most. <laughs> so one long day been set on fire his mom's alive his wife's making out somebody else his friend is dead man that's a lot to take in. crazy shit Uh, superman doesn't control his powers things things are not going going well so basically what they need to do is they need to go to uh to new themyscira because i I guess correct me if i'm wrong that basically the government's going to go ahead and just drop a nuke on wonder woman and Aquaman. And what it's going to do is it's, yeah, it's going to basically trigger basically the end of the world. So what the heroes have to do is they have to travel to new Themyscira, uh, where Wonder Woman and Aquaman are in the heat of this vicious battle. And I gotta say this version of Wonder Woman looks scary as shit, but this version of Aquaman, like, you know, the joke is, especially before like Jason Momoa that like, you know, Aquaman looks like a pussy. This Aquaman looks like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he does. He looks badass he's got the really short haircut and he just looks like super 
Yeah, he looks. It's it's interesting because he looks like the same Aquaman, but with a totally different attitude. It's like it's like when a pro wrestler, you know, uh, goes heel, turns bad. Mm-hmm. It's the same guy, but he's got a different attitude, a different look on his face. Um, so it's clearly the same person, and basically the same. I guess his physique is even really the same because Aquaman's always been muscular, but he also looks totally different just just by his mannerisms and and just how he's drawn and, and the, the look of like pure anger and fury on his face that you hardly ever really see with with the Aquaman we know. Yeah. So basically, they show up and they're going to start battling both sides to go ahead and stop them. So hopefully, the president won't end up. Blowing up the world. And uh, Enchantress, who we saw a few issues back, she basically turns out to be a traitor. She's working for the Amazons. So as Captain Thunder is about to, you know, put the lowdown on Wonder Woman, what Enchantress does is she zaps the kids and all the kids separate. So basically all of them are needed to be Captain Thunder. And she found a way to go basically cry Shazam, match their magic or whatever, and break the kids apart. As soon as this happens though, and this is where I remember watching this and I'm like, Ah oh, man, they actually put this there. Wonder Woman this jumps up before behind Billy Batson and stabs him through the back. The crazy part is right before that she's like, "Oh, he's just a boy." And then like, you know, Barry's like, "Billy?" cuz then now he realizes mm-hmm. like he he knew this Billy. And then you you're thinking, "Oh, Wonder Woman's realizing he's just a boy." So, you know, maybe she's not going to Nope, nope, not going on easy easy on him dives right in and just stabs him right through the freaking chest as you see like the the lightning striking too like it's like his power is just exploding at the same time and then not only is he dead he is he has gone to dust and wow i just realized this I, i'm gonna let you continue no here no i i, I want to hear this review. part well no i didn't i never this is another little thing that i didn't pick up before um you know how you, we saw like the little you know frame with the reverse flash uh-huh. i guess like you know billy batson is just He's just zapped away. Like, he just gets destroyed. And, like, Barry is, like, looking at where he was, and he's saying, no, just a boy. But he's, like, looking into this. There's a puddle on the ground, and you can actually faintly see the reflection of who's about to be, who's about to show. Oh, and this is where it happens. As soon as we think everything is going to hell, we hear a voice come right behind Barry, and he says, oh, Barry, look what you did. And this is where we see Zoom the reverse flash. Finally, there. Flash. Yeah. So at, at this and, point, and behind him is just pure destruction. You see all these uh, Themyscirans, Atlanteans, just all these. This are all on the ground. I mean, there's been just a massive, brutal, bloody war. I, I think war scenes and big battle scenes in comics are either done very well or they're not done well at all. This is I could one of the I could probably say this is my favorite army versus army war scene in comics anywhere the the amazon the amazonians versus the atlanteans it's pretty badass and i like that they actually show people dying like that i think that's one of the problems with a lot of war scenes like you just see a lot of fighting but there's never like bodies laying around well no problem here there are bodies laying around like they're showing this is a real battle with real consequences and we're seeing that with with all these characters that we know dying and i think you know we had seen hal jordan who is powerless in this uh steve trevor who's powerless but now we've seen billy batson who well i guess billy is powerless but Captain Billy dead. Not, but now, now we're seeing the heroes getting knocked off, too. <laughs> and, and what's crazy about this, just a little extra stuff, without Billy, the kids can't turn into Captain Thunder. So the kids are just right. basically screwed at this point. Now there's just a bunch of, like, 15-year-old <laughs> kids just here at this battle scene, just like, well, 
Okay. We're screwed. We are. This lady's got to cut our heads off. So uh, net, now we're on to the to the final portion. Uh, Zoom is there in the flesh, and he just starts beating the crap out of the Flash. And at this point, he's basically, you know, Barry's trying to figure out, like, dude, why are you doing this? And what Zoom basically says is, Barry, I'm not the one that did this. You caused this to happen to the timeline. And basically what happened is at some point between where the Flash series left off before this, which doesn't really tie in that much, but it, it kind of does. Basically, there's this gap between Flash stories in, in DC Comics. Um, you know, at the beginning of this story, you know, we, we know as much as Barry knows, but there's a reason why. Apparently, at some point in before the story even began, Barry went back through the Speed Force and he stopped Zoom from killing his mother. Because of that, the Speed Force collapsed, causing Barry to forget that had even happened. Because by then, when he got back to his present, all the timeline had completely changed. It broke that loop that had kept the whole thing going through time, uh, where Professor Zoom gets obsessed with the Flash, goes back, kills the Flash's mother, which makes the Flash, you know, become a forensic uh, analyst, and you know, yada yada yada, eventually become the Flash. Flash. Now we have essentially broken that loop by him interfering in that initial act uh, by Professor Zoom, so that stops him from ever becoming the Flash, which is how we get the Flashpoint universe. Look at that. Yeah, which is one of those moments where it really goes into the old time travel paradox. Like if you remove a butterfly because that butterfly's wings didn't flap it didn't cause a hurricane somewhere else it's it's the butterfly effect and uh you know at this point zoom is just taunting him because he's he's right um zoom says i never killed you because i needed you because when the flash went back and he tossed zoom back into the speed force it because the flash ruined the loop the time loop it caused zoom to become a living paradox because now he's split between timelines which means he can straight up do whatever he wants and mess up time no matter how bad it will change things and it won't affect him because he's free of the rules of time i i my big thing with time travel stories is they're really really confusing i think if i can understand it they did pretty well. Yeah, I can understand it. I don't know if it makes sense, but, you know, time travel doesn't make sense, really. So, yeah. you know, if we're going to accept time travel, then this is about as good as we can do. I guess I guess what I don't get is, I mean, I'm going to try not to overthink time travel here, but shouldn't Zoom have never been created in the first place? But he had to have been created for Flash to go back in time and cause this in the first place also. So again, we have a different, maybe we have Why? a different kind of loop now Why? here. Why? Because Speed because Force. Comics. Because, because Speed Force. Force. Right. Okay. Because we're going to come out with a whole t-shirt line because because comics, because glasses, because Speed Force. There you go, folks. This could be our, our big path to victory. There you go. Financial victory. So the, the, you know, because Zoom is just too busy basically talking about how he has basically beaten the Flash by basically for you know, watching Barry Allen destroy the world. Uh, you know, he, he gets a little bit distracted because next thing you know, Batman comes in and stabs Zoom through the heart. So you see this, you yep. see, it's not really, he's doing the, he's doing the classic and, and he'd already kicked the shit out of, out of yeah, like I was, Batman before. Yeah. Like I was, like was I was like going to say, like, you know, he, he, it was, he's just, Zoom could kill everybody. His problem is himself. He just can't shut up. Exactly. He's doing the classic superhero. I'm going to do one final gloat as I stand above you thing. And, you know, he forgot about the one guy, maybe the guy without, without powers, but the guy that has 
grit and well a killer a killer instinct about him and speaking of killer instincts we hear we hear we, well we don't hear we see a crack in the sound barrier I and hear it. uh you know at that point uh batman <laughs> i love the sound effect <laughs> yeah so oh. so as we oh. saw batman stab zoom killing zoom enchantress blast batman of like this giant magic and that blast. is wonder woman's sword i believe that he stabs which is which is even cooler. So, you know, Batman kills Zoom, Enchantress comes in, blasts Batman, screwing him up, and right before she's about to blow the kill shot on on Batman and Flash, we see anorexic Superman literally Oh wait, no, first we have before that we have the resistance show up. The whole the whole team that we said didn't matter again. Grifter and, and uh Etrigan and, and They show up to remind they people they're there. They show up to remind people that they're there, and then Enchantress like fucks with them, and they don't matter. And then yeah. Bat, yeah, they really don't matter. They really just wanted to get Grifter in here for some and reason. And he doesn't. They want to remind. Yeah, us he, and he doesn't there. matter after that. Anyway, Bat yeah. Superman. Okay, Skinny Superman literally lands on Enchantress, like bl- blowing her up. Like I can't tell if she's ripped yeah. in half or if she just turned into like fairy it, dust or some shit. It looks like she's ripped in half because they show her. Yeah, no, if you look at it, you can see an arm and like her hat on one side, then a different arm on the. Yeah, so he just squashed her in half. Yeah, at this point. This is so violent. Yeah. This is the, the, one of those violent DC comics. And I love it. Made. And I love it. So we see uh, Superman join the fight. The tides are finally turning. At this point, Flash runs over to uh, Batman. They, they see off in the distance bombs going off. So he knows he only has so much time to fix things uh, before, you know, he, he says, by Batman. Batman gives him a letter and the letter is what will stay on for years. And he gives him the letter and he says, hey, if you see my son, give this to Bruce. It says Bruce on the letter that's folded up. And then Thomas Wayne, before he sighs, before he dies, he says, Barry, I'm, I'm sorry about your mother. And he passes away. At this point, uh, Batman, I'm sorry, Barry starts to run back as fast as he can to rip into the speed force to go back to the moment of change. And at this point, he lands back on the front porch of his home in front of his mom at this point uh this is barry's chance to make a choice but what he does is he explains everything to his mother and uh he doesn't know what to do because he wants to fix everything to save all these millions of people who have died but he wants his mother and at this point this is a really you know soft moment his mother's like listen barry you, you can't change it you can't run away from these things at least if you do this i'll be with your father So what he decides to do is to ultimately stop himself. He runs back into the speed force to the moment he's about to stop himself. I mean, I love that they show Barry chasing Barry and they show like Barry is looking back and he's like, what the hell's going on, man? He's like, he's like, I I know what you're feeling. He's like, what is this? He's like, sorry, I have to do this. He's like, I have to save her. He's like, no, it's just it's like watching Barry battle himself. Yeah, it's a crazy moment. But that scene is what changes everything going forward. Barry stops Mm -hmm. Barry in the time stream. And as he stops him, he wakes back at the desk that we saw in the first issue. Well, but first they have this. I forget what this character's name is. She ends up not mattering. Pandora. They have this Pandora, right? She ends up really not mattering at all. But they make her out like this, like a cosmic creature that's telling. Because as Barry's running after he grabs himself, he's like, I need to run back into the time stream. But I see three different timelines. And that's where she says, because the history of heroes was shattered into three long ago. Uh, Is she part of the the speed force? Is that why she's able to do this? I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> Much like Grifter, she's kind of there. She doesn't matter, but apparently she does. 
they make it out like she matters, but she doesn't end up mattering. But um, yeah, the, the they she basically says that this world was shattered. The universe was shattered into three timelines, uh, ages ago. Uh, splintered to weaken your world for their pe- for their impending arrival. Uh, who are they? I don't know. You all must you must all stand together. The timelines must become one again. You can help me fix that, Barry Allen, but at a cost. So there and there as she's talking about these timelines. It's it's kind of confusing because they show like they show different groups of heroes here, um, but it, in one group it does appear that one, th- see they say three timelines, but you see like five different like blurbs of, of heroes, so it's kind of confusing which are which. I guess one seems like it would be more like the classic Silver Age sort of DC universe, and one is maybe like the post Crisis DC universe, and then the other one seems to just be the Wildstorm universe, which of course DC owns. Uh, why they'd have two universes that were so similar and then one that's totally different, I don't know. But this is their way to cram everything into one and, cl- and create this new 52 that basically includes elements of the Silver Age, uh, pre-crisis, elements of the post-crisis, and elements of Wildstorm characters, and it's all a reset at the same time. Because why? Because comics? Because timelines? Because pub- because because uh, continuity resets? Because <laughs> DC likes to do this? Thank you, DC. So, anyway, he, he basically chooses something, and we're, we're about to figure it out. He wakes up where he woke up at his desk in the first issue, and this time he sees that something is a little bit off, but everything seems normal. So, the only way to really figure it out at this point is to go find Batman. So, he rushes to the Batcave, and if you've noticed anything, it's that... His costume's a little bit different. And then when you look at Batman, if you look at him in all the other Justice League and other Batman titles, you notice that Batman's costume is a little different. But both of them are talking, and long story short, The Flash explains everything that happened, and Batman's just like, well, I I guess I've seen weirder stuff. How, How do I know whether to believe you or not? And Barry gives Bruce the letter that Thomas Wayne from the other timeline had written for him. At that point, Batman's like, what is that? And he's like, somebody wanted me to give this to you. We don't read the letter, but Batman reads it. And for the first time, I think ever, Batman literally sheds a tear. And then he looks up at the flash and he says, thank you. And at this point, with that panel, what we basically know is that we are in a new universe. And this is what gives birth to the cannon-shattering, complete clean slate that is the New 52. Not the cleanest of slates, it would turn out. But, but, um, yeah, I mean, this was... You know, I guess the conversation of what the new 52 was could be probably its own own episode all by itself. But in terms of setting it up, I mean, if you're going to reset a continuity and you're going to, you know maybe confuse us about timelines later on and maybe do a rebirth in five years, then maybe do uh, something else in a, in a death metal and maybe make everything matter later. If you're going to do all that, this is about as good as a way you could do it. Cause it, it, I mean, the story itself is just, it's just, it's just awesome. It's so inventive and, and fun, but it ma- it's like, it's like an elseworld story, but it's in continuity and it really happened. And current Barry Allen, this all happened to, and Bruce really has this letter and, and it does. And it, it's part of the, the lore that has taken place since then. So it's, it's like, it's like the best of both worlds. It's like an amazing, inventive Elseworld story, um, but it matters. It matters as, as much as anything. I, I like comics. I like Flashpoint more than I like any of the Crisis events. I could say that. Oh yeah, e- easily. Because while it, it it has, I guess, a similar 
repercussion and that it kind of like merges worlds and universes and timelines and resets things. That's not what the story is. That's not what it that's like the result of it. But the story isn't like six issues trying to explain timelines to you. Like that's what a, a lot of the problems with like a lot of these uh, crisis and infinite crisis, uh, all events, which I love. I think they're actually very well done. Um, there's another one we'll look at that is, is not as well done. What the hell is it called, though? Time something crisis. In t- nah, 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 nah. It's what it's the one where uh, Hal Jordan becomes parallax. I have it on oh, zero, hour. zero hour, zero hour crisis in time. That one is super confusing, but we're going to read that one, too. Anyways, that is all these different events are always all about the timelines all about the history this is really not about that this is just about this this one reset barry allen trying to navigate this, this crazy new universe and figure everything out and then yeah the result is this this same kind of reset but the other events they just they they, they feel so much heavier well i, I don't know i should say heavier because this feels it feels heavier. like it matters like, and that and that's i think the problem yeah. with so many other things like with secret war for example secret war is the only title i think will ever give a 10 but here's the thing though Secret War doesn't really matter at the end of the at the end of it. There's still little repercussions and there are little Easter eggs going forward in Marvel. But like episode two to hear us talk about Secret but, War. But but like Secret War is not felt today. And it's not it wasn't even felt years after it came out. Uh with Flashpoint, we're still seeing it. We saw it through Doomsday Clock. We're seeing it through through de- uh death metal. Like it still matters that much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, and this is well. We're not going to get into death metal today. I was, I was talking to you about some of my thoughts about death metal, and I'm going to wait till it finishes to get my full. That's going to have to be like a bonus uh, thing right there. That will go crazy. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a bonus, maybe bonus death metal debate uh, here in the coming weeks. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just like it as a story, you know. And and at the end of the day, this is really a Flash story, and it's a Barry Allen story. And, you know, so I think fans of of this character are going to absolutely love it. But it's it's so much more. It's like, you know, it's like it's like a whole creation of a whole new world that we get to glimpse into. That is just where everything is totally different. But a lot of the characters are the same and have a lot of that that personality that that we know and love. But it's not the right world. Um, But it's it's Barry's journey through that world. And then when he pops out the other side, now we have this this new clean slate. And I think it was really because you could have easily you could have easily just I don't know where the origin or where the story came up from. Uh, I guess it probably just came from, we need a new way to do this new 52 launch, which I'm assuming, I don't know if sales were, do you know what the, the sales were waning? Thing was? Sales were waning yeah. and they had done so much with like, uh, you know, final crisis and uh, infinite crisis and all that stuff. And it just wasn't working. The Batman titles were still doing pretty well, but Superman was waning flash. I mean, you know, not it, this flashpoint didn't just save really DC flashpoint also saved flash because this is, is really what made what solidified the flash as like a key part of the dc universe because typically we just look at the trinity wonder woman batman superman and the flash is important but this really made the flash like not just important it made him vital yeah indeed he made him literally the center of the entire universe and the entire timeline it made him the most vital character that exists yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I feel comfortable um, scoring it right now. In terms of story, I've really got two factors. One, is this good for people picking it up for the first time who know nothing? And two, is this good for seasoned comic book collectors and readers? It passes both. And I could say it as somebody that uh, read it not really knowing what was going on in current DC can at the time. I was in high school. Uh, I was able to pick it up. And as I go back and I've learned more about DC history and lore and continuity, 
continuity and stuff, I go back and read this, and there's always something I discover. I also think the Justice League Flashpoint Paradox movie is one of the best animated comic book adaptions ever made. Love that film. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four out of five for story. And I'm gonna say the same thing for the artwork because Andy Kubert. Uh, he might not be one of my favorite artists, but I love the versions of these characters that he does. Whether it's Aquaman, Wonder Woman, particularly his Batman. Thomas Wayne Batman is freaking killer. And you even see elements of his costume even bleeding in to current Batman, which is badass as hell. I'm going to give the artwork a four out of five. I'm giving Flashpoint an eight out of ten. Yeah, we're we're pretty close here, actually. Um, this actually surprised me a little bit because, no, I've... Ah, I'm right on the edge sometimes of these scores. You know what the hard thing, the hardest thing about this is to have a score in mind and then hear you talk and and not be influenced <laughs> by what you're saying because it goes both ways. Because if if you're a little off, it makes me question things. I'm like, oh, well, he has got some good points. But if you're right on, it makes me question it too. I'm like, why we shouldn't have the exact same score? But I, I actually think we do have the exact same score in, in reality. I mean, I think this is a very good story. Um, is it like? It's not like the most epic writing at all, at all you've ever seen here. It's not. Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman type writing, but it's a very good story. Yeah, there's some things. I guess the the thing that bothers me the most about this whole thing, and again, it, it's weird the things I tend to focus on because at the end of the day, because comics, come on, we're living in a fan in a complete fantasy. <laughs> here, but like, like, why would okay, like, why would Barry Allen not becoming the Flash cause all of these things? Like, it just seems a little over the top that just because they don't have Barry Allen as the Flash, that these things are so drastically different. Like, why would why would Barry Allen not becoming the Flash have anything to do with Bruce Wayne having been killed instead of his dad? That that shouldn't because time travel, bro, connects. But it's time travel, so I'll let it go. So yeah, but I, I agree. I, I give the story a four out of five, and and like you, I don't. I, I think Andy Kubrick's a very good artist, like a great, a, you know, a top tier of artists. He's just not one of could my. Could you favorites, could you devo- could you imagine any other artist doing? equal worker better than what he did for this story because that's my main yeah, metric i can <laughs> okay and that's why i gave him a four can, out of five yeah it'd be a five if i couldn't imagine anyone else i could imagine jim lee having done this whole oh, thing it would take man. five years i but i, I can imagine want to ch- it being I, awesome uh, yeah. do, uh, no, i'm not gonna I mean, change I, my score i'm gonna keep it i like some of my favorite work of Jim Lee is his initial run with this, the relaunch, the new 52 Justice League that came with this with Jeff Johnson. That was awesome. Like, I think his art, his art on the Justice League is like phenomenal. I, it probably took him three years to do those six issues, but, but, uh, but yeah, so, but, um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I cannot really complain about Andy Kubert's art here. Like you said, his renditions of these other characters, and especially now that I'm noticing a lot of these little these little elements of when you see um, you see that yellow flash, you see the reverse flash, and that I didn't even pick up on the first several times I've read this is pr- pretty mind blowing. But uh, so yeah, I'm also going to give the art a four. So I think we I think we agree on this one. We're we're an eight out of an eight for both. Eight out of eight. Eight out of ten, I should say. Yeah, for a total score. Math isn't. I, I'm not here for math. Okay? <laughs> so for a total score of sixteen out of twenty. You got to read Flashpoint, folks. It's almost required yeah. reading. I would say anything eight or above for us is required reading for sure. And anything and then six to eight range is like with our we'll, we'll give you a caveat. Like if you've got nothing to better this. to do and below six, read at your own peril. Fuck it. <laughs> if you want to yeah. read Battle so, Scars, you read that. But don't don't ever <laughs> come running to go, me saying I didn't warn you. If you want to read all 14 issues of Maximum Carnage, yeah. I'm not going to stop you. That's all. <laughs> but but don't say we didn't give you the, the information you needed to make that decision. Yeah, no. I, I thought you were going to give this a lower score. 
I, I will say that, but I, I, I think I think we both pretty pretty much did it fairly. I kind of assumed you would have a higher score. So, but you know, because you love the story so much and and et cetera, I love the story too, though. Uh, so, but I think it meant it, you you were there kind of real time, and I've heard you talk about this a lot since we started. So, I just pictured you having a slightly higher score than me. My my um, own my but own. No, I mean, eight, eight is fair, you know. Eight, eight is pretty fair. Pretty my my fair only thing me. is for this to be even better, and this is why I think that the film is actually better than the five issue series itself. The film is better because it's got more of the supplemental flashbacks and information that you get from the crossovers. I'm not I'm not a fan typically of having to collect all the one shots and little se- little mini series that come out of this. Which is my big problem with Death Metal. One of my big I, I've made an exception for Death Metal, but like with Secret War, I mean, I I gave it's it an expensive. That's an expensive exception. Those books are like seven bucks each. That's what really bothers it's me. Been, it's not been only murdering are there so many my books, wallet. Yeah. And then and then in each issue, see now I'm getting into it. Each issue they they like reference the seven things that happened in the seven books, but just enough that you're like, Oh, I was supposed to read those, wasn't I? Mm. And I find that annoying. But anyway. We'll, we'll get into that in a bonus rant for our patrons. But, but yeah, with Secret War, didn't have any of that. That was the only thing keeping no. me from saying this is a solid five, five, you know, five out of five. Because, you know, if the movie does it better than the comics, then you usually have to wonder what was the big problem. And it's the fact that you had to add more. I could more. have known more about this war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. They really do not tell you much about this backstory at all in the in the comic itself. You just kind of know they're at war. I mean, that seems like a, a pretty big thing we should know, that what led up to it, which they don't, I don't think they even reference it. Here. No. We just know they're at war. Yeah, and that's why just throwing in a 30-second, uh, you know, flashback in the movie, it, it makes the whole story just seem better. I feel like you should be getting that from the comics and not the film. The film should simplify, yeah, and the comics should be longer. But in, in this case, because that exists, that's what made this so much more difficult. One thing I'll say, this is actually one time you will not hear me say this very often, because usually my problem with with series and big events is they're a little too long. Uh, This I actually could have probably could have used an extra issue. I actually felt a little rushed to between four and five. Yeah. 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 I mean, this could have easily been a six issue series. Um, Yeah. I I think there's just some some things we could have gotten a little bit more into. Um, it, it, it's paced very well. You never get bored. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I can't really complain too much because it's not like, you know, they drag this out. Um, but it, it felt like it could have just used a little more fleshing out. It's, it's like suddenly, suddenly we're there and suddenly we're in the final battle. And this is all happening the day that he, that he becomes, you know, wakes up as, as Barry Allen in this new world. So it seems a little too, too fast for me, but that's a, that's a minor complaint at the end of the yeah. day. Folks, you got to check it out. And if you if you love this conversation, if you love us, please go ahead and follow us everywhere on Al Gore's Amazing Internet, folks. It's just at Second Print Pod <laughs> everywhere. Support the show. Get early releases, bonus content, comic books. Produce an episode. Check out all the tiers at www.patreon.com slash secondprintpod. And if you forgot to give me a Hanukkah gift this year, if you somehow forgot, there were eight whole nights. I don't know how you forgot, but if you did... Easy one. I'll accept just one of these. A five-star rating and a great review. Preferably on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts is still the best place for those because uh, so many different podcasters actually just draw straight from Apple. So the higher you get up in the, those Apple iTunes algorithms, you know, the more chance we're going to come up when when you know when people just type in comics or, or that kind of thing, the more chance people are going to find us organically. So your reviews, of course, giving us money is wonderful. We're putting that money to great use uh, this year. We're going to be running some ads. We have an entire marketing plan. Uh, we are really planning to blow this show up. We are not doing this just for our health, just to talk to 
each other. It is nice. It is nice to have these conversations, but we really want to grow this thing. We want to grow this community and get as many people interested in comic books and interested in these stories uh, as we can. That's what really drives and motivates us for this. But, uh, you know, we live in a world here, a, a reality where it takes money to grow. It takes money to to get out there and to to do what you need to do on the marketing and to really get in front of as many people as possible. So that's what that's what we're we're looking to do next year. So um, the Patreon is great. Patreon.com slash second print pop. But again, if you don't want to give us money, you can't contribute. You don't have that kind of a, you know, you know budget on you. That's okay. Because guess what? For $0.00 and zero cents, you can go leave us a five-star rating and a great review on Apple Podcasts, and we will appreciate it eternally and always. Muchas gracias. Well, that's all I've got, folks. I'm Ramso W. Martinez. And I am the marvelous, mischievous, mighty, and oh-so-many-other-M-words Mark Player. Read comics. Change the world. Change the world. Good night, America. Adios. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.